Welcome to a universe of stories. You know, age is simply a number. And here to prove this is Dr. James Powers. Dr. Powers serves as the Assistant Clinical Director of the Vanderbilt Center for Quality Aging and the VA Tennessee Valley Geriatric Research Education and Clinical Center. He's also the Assistant Professor in the following departments. The Division of Geriatric Medicine, Gerontologic Nursing, and the Department of Family and Community Health. As the author of over 75 papers, books, and chapters, Dr. Powers has devoted his academic career to geriatric nutrition, education, healthcare quality, and safety. He's even mentored over 1,200 trainees while at Vanderbilt and holds fellowships at the American College of Physicians, the American College of Nutrition, American Geriatric Society, the Gerontologic Society of America, and the Royal Society of Medicine. Today, he discusses how to age gracefully with reading advisor, Rebecca Melvin. Good morning, patrons, and welcome to another episode of A Universe of Stories. Today, we are going to be talking about being healthy and who better to address our health questions than the Clinical Associate Director of the Center for Quality Aging, Dr. James Powers. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's my pleasure. Now, Dr. Powers, your title is certainly long and very well deserved. <laughs> Can you explain what your normal day looks like? Sure. I uh, am a geriatrician. I take care of elderly patients, and so most of my time is involved with actually caring for patients. Um, that includes patients in the hospital, patients in the office, and I do consultations, and I do them both for our university program as well as for the Veterans Administration. Our patients have taught us many things, and uh, my mission is actually to teach other young uh, physicians, nurses, social workers, physical therapists in training about healthy aging, about what to look for to help improve and maximize the quality of life of our older uh, citizens. So that's what I do all day. Wonderful. What is your favorite part of your job? My favorite part uh, is getting to know patients over time. When they come back to you, you get to know them, their families, what their interests are, what their concerns are, and you get to guide them through life's journey. That's immensely satisfying. So you get to build connections with these people that you see? Absolutely. Fantastic. Did you always know that you wanted to be a doctor? I did, although I will confess that my first desire was to actually take care of babies, young people. Oh, wow. But it turns out that people at the other end of the age spectrum are also in need of services. They're vulnerable. It's a very family-oriented specialty, and we deal a lot with outreach to the community to benefit our patients. So it's actually very similar in outlook. Just the age of the patients is different. That's very true. We hear a lot, or we've been hearing a lot lately, about being healthy and having an active lifestyle, making life changes. And all of that sounds great, but for those of us who are not already on that train or have not started that lifestyle change, it can be a little bit intimidating. What are some of the things that you recommend to people that are just starting out? Well, in terms of maintaining yourself for the long run, and we're talking a long life, uh, most individuals uh, who have made it through uh, the illnesses of childhood are going to live a healthy, long life. In the U.S., we can expect uh, that the average uh, uh, woman can live into her early 80s and gentlemen into the late 70s. 
so that's a whole long life to uh, plan, uh, to uh, maintain. Uh, and, you know, one of the most important things is to be able to care for yourself. If you can do for yourself, your quality of life is going to be so much better and you will also feel better. And to make sure that you can be as uh, healthy uh, and uh, as independent as possible for as long as uh, life as you have given requires lifestyle changes. I know this sounds hard. However, um, what we choose, uh, how we live, is so very important in how we age and how healthy we are. It's true that physical activity helps maintain independence, and we're learning more and more that those same activities that are healthy for the body are also healthy for the mind. So many individuals are concerned about losing their memory as they get older. Exercise can help that. Many people are concerned about developing heart disease as they get older. Physical exercise actually helps preserve function and maintain your abilities in the cardiovascular area as well. So you're mentioning that not only is exercise good for your body to help maintain a healthy lifestyle and live in the golden age as healthy as possible, but also you're talking about mental stimulation? Absolutely. We find that when people are isolated, when they're alone, nobody to interact with, they actually backslide. They become uh, more depressed. Uh, they uh, have a loss of memory, and they do less and less for themselves, and they really hasten that period of disability and the need to actually receive help from others, maybe even move to other residences so that they can get the help that they need. So avoiding isolation is extremely important as well. For some people, exercising is not as simple as going for a run or a nice walk on a pretty day. For those who are visually impaired or physically impaired, what are some basic ways to stay active? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what we have found is that individuals need to spend at least 30 minutes at least three times a week. Uh, you can do longer periods and you can do it more frequently, of course, but that's the minimum to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Now, how you do that is really a matter of personal preference and ability. For some people, it might be jogging out on uh, a nice sunny day, as you mentioned. For others, it might be swimming. But you can also exercise by walking. You can exercise in a stationary uh, area, such as in a bike or in a gymnasium, a place that might be safe for you. And it really depends on your own uh, level of um, ability and your own desires. You have to exercise enough to increase your heart rate. So we do want you to huff and puff a bit. We're talking about aerobic exercise. But beyond that, how you do it is really up to the individual. That's actually the nice thing about this recommendation. So basically any kind of activity that's going <clears throat> to get your heart rate accelerated, whether it's high impact or low impact. <laughs> That's right. It could be dancing. Uh, but, uh, but as long as you exercise aerobically, basically increase your heart rate, you're doing yourself a huge favor. We all have heard that even basic changes in our diets can pay off, such as drinking water instead of sodas, just kind of switching little things out like that. 
-hmm. What other simple switches would lead to a healthier lifestyle? Well, like exercise, what you eat is also very important for your lifestyle and longevity. We find that diseases of overnutrition, such as obesity, uh, diabetes, and even hypertension can be related, can be modified, reduced, uh, or eliminated by proper diet. So we'll start first uh, with things to avoid. Uh, first of all, excessive calories, and that's important because over half of Americans are overweight now, and it's important that you exercise appropriate portion control. Make sure that you're not consuming too many calories for your activities. It really is a very simple equation. Your input in terms of what you eat, your calories, and your output in terms of your exercise uh, stays the same. Now, there are many tricks uh, to uh, avoiding excess calories. There are many nice ways to exercise according to personal preference, but basically it uh, remains a very stable input-output equation. So be careful uh, about those empty calories. So back to the tricks. How can I avoid empty calories? Well, those are calories, foods that have very little nutrition, but a whole lot of calories. So we're talking about basically fats and carbohydrates. It turns out that your body gets a whole lot of energy from uh, every amount of fat that you take in. We get nine calories per gram. That's the highest of any of the foodstuffs. For carbohydrates, it's less. It's about four, but a lot of people consume too much. So Think twice before you have that second piece of cake or that piece of pie. And remember uh, that moderation in all things is to be recommended. So smaller portions of those uh, foodstuffs. On the other hand, eating nutritionally balanced meals is very important. So don't skip on the fruits and vegetables. Five servings a day is the recommendation of the Federal Drug Administration. Uh, there are all kinds of websites uh, that you can go to. One I'll recommend is called My Plate. You can search that, and it will help you with lots of very appropriate diets, even culturally appropriate, and, yes, it's even available in Spanish. And uh, if you will follow that advice, you'll find that you will be actually following the best up-to-date recommendations about nutrition. It doesn't matter if you have a special diet in, in mind, a Mediterranean diet, uh, an Adkins diet, a uh, South Beach diet. Uh, it's really a matter of balancing the empty calories uh, with the desired amounts of fruits, vegetables, uh, and protein. You should have about a quarter of your diet devoted to protein, about another quarter of your diet devoted to fruits and vegetables, again, about five servings a day, and the other half can be carbohydrates and some fats, but make sure that you don't have huge quantities. And that's actually the basic recommendations of the My Plate program. It's also uh, adapted for culturally appropriate diets. Uh, if you wish an Asian diet, a vegetarian diet, even uh, a soul food diet, uh, that can be adapted in a healthy way, and they give lots of recommendations about food substitutes for you as well. Thank you. Let's talk about water. I know I should be drinking water and cutting back on sodas. Is there a good amount of water I should be striving to reach every day? Uh, yes, uh, we recommend uh, that the healthy individual drink uh, about a quart uh, a day. Now, a quart 
uh, is a, a large amount to take in all at once. But basically, three eight-ounce glasses of a low-calorie juice, water perhaps, milk would be nice uh, because we need the uh, calcium, we need the protein and the vitamins that come with milk. But three glasses a day would be the minimum. Um, you can overdo it uh, if you have certain illness categories, if you have high blood pressure, if you have some kidney problems, etc. But for most people uh, that don't have to be concerned about those issues, uh, you can't overdo it with fluid. Your body will actually get rid of the extra fluid uh, uh, throughout the day. So that uh, if you take in at least three glasses, three eight-ounce glasses of liquid a day, you'll be meeting your fluid requirements. Now, if you're outside working, exercising, enjoying yourself in the hot weather, uh, that's another matter. You have to drink even more. In fact, you may also have to increase the amount of salt that you in take in. Now, normally we don't recommend increasing salt because it uh, makes high blood pressure, but if you are out exercising, perspiring heavily, um, perhaps engaging in a sports activity, you do need some extra salt. That is very true. Growing up, my mother used to remind me all the time that I needed to take my vitamins when they were Flintstones vitamins. I was a Flintstones kid. (laughs) So is that something I should still be doing as an adult? Most individuals in the United States who are eating an adequate diet will not need any vitamin supplements. Vitamin supplements, however, are not harmful, except for certain ones if you take excessive amounts, but in general aren't necessary. So a balanced diet would be the dietitian's first recommendation. There are certain groups of people that may need some more supplements. For instance, nursing mothers. Uh, they give a lot of nutrition to their babies. They need extra help themselves. So actually uh, taking vitamins both prenatal as well as after uh, delivery and while you're nursing is important so that you, uh, as the mother, don't get deficient. Uh, Women who are having their periods will sometimes become iron deficient, so extra iron may be important. But again, you can get this through a healthy diet, uh, but as you get tested, uh, you may find uh, perhaps that you are a little bit low, and so some supplementation might be recommended. As far as uh, the dangers of vitamins, most vitamins are considered over-the-counter. In other words, they're not uh, very high doses, up to 100% of the recommended dietary uh, allowance. Uh, If you take excessive amounts of vitamins that are fat-soluble, that would be vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin D, uh, they can build up and be toxic to the liver, but again, it would be hard to take that amount from over-the-counter supplements. So that's about the only caution there. Um, In the older age category, making sure that there's enough calcium in the diet is also important. Uh, Again, oranges, fortified milk, many uh, of the cereal grains have a lot of calcium in them already. 
However, uh, if individuals suffer from illnesses such as osteoporosis, uh, it might be helpful for them to have extra calcium uh, in the diet. And those are also available as over-the-counter supplements. Again, very little risk of any harm except for some people who might perhaps have some kidney problems. Okay. So how often should people visit the doctor? I know that we're talking about preventative. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, that can be individualized. For young individuals, it is very common through the school years to have a yearly checkup to make sure you're getting your immunizations, uh, that your growth is charted, and that's all very good. Those are very wonderful preventive checkups that our colleagues in pediatrics do. As you become a young adult, however, you're pretty healthy, and you might go several years between checkups. Uh, Screening uh, for uh, individuals in that age category consists of looking for blood pressure, high cholesterol, and taking a family history. Maybe they're overweight, maybe they have diabetes that runs in the family, and appropriate checkups uh, are done for those conditions. But assuming that you're healthy, and you probably can go for a number of years, five years even, between checkups, uh, as long as um, everything is checking out well. As you get older, and we'll say maybe age 40 and above, 50 and above for sure, uh, we do recommend a yearly checkup because as we uh, live on this earth, uh, we accumulate life's insults. And so being making sure that hypertension isn't sneaking up on you, your cholesterol isn't uh, sneaking up to high levels that need to be treated, screening for uh, various cancers are very important at those ages, and there are a lot of tests that unfortunately require the doctor to order. We are very happy that patients take charge of their own health and call attention to certain changes, such as spots on the skin that are uh, not normal, that might be growing, or uh, various aches and pains, uh, so uh, lumps and bumps that that come up, let your doctor know because focused attention can be made concerning those issues. We sometimes will do x-rays, we sometimes will do other blood tests and even some questionnaires to screen for other illnesses such as depression. Um, And as you get even older, let's say retirement age after age 65, definitely screening for uh, memory problems and for uh, the self-care ability, if there are any deficits, uh, if a person is having any falls, if they're having problems ambulating, uh, we ask a lot of questions in those categories to be sure that uh, we're getting uh, individuals the help that they need to uh, live healthy uh, and active lives for as long as possible. So speaking of doctor visits, how important is it to have a regular doctor? I think it's smart to have a health care provider that knows you and that you can feel comfortable talking to. They serve as an advisor for a very complex, expensive, and sometimes dangerous medical industrial complex that we all have to deal with. Now, that healthcare professional could be a nurse practitioner, could be a physician's assistant, could be a physician, uh, but having trust and getting to know that individual over time, I think, is a very important um, program, very important health promotion program. They can serve as your ally as you have to make healthcare decisions, and they can also help guide you in health promotion throughout your lifespan. That's wonderful. So what other great things do I need to think about as I get on the road or I start my path to a healthier lifestyle? 
Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about the community. We've talked a lot about what you can do as an individual for your own uh, good health, and that's very important. That's certainly job number one. Uh, but I think it's also important to realize that where you live, uh, uh, the, the choices that you make in terms of the uh, community um, and in terms of supporting the community are also very important. And what I'm talking about uh, is the built environment. If we're talking about urban areas in particular, um, many people uh, will be pleased to know that the World Health Organization is actually designating uh, cities as senior health friendly. And by that, we mean that these are uh, places that have uh, the ability to support individuals to maintain their own independence for as long uh, as possible. Such things as having public transportation, such things as having intergenerational interaction uh, where you um, are able to contribute to society and are respected uh, and that you also have interaction with younger age groups. Um, a good example might be uh, the use of a community swimming pool. Well, maybe the seniors could have it from 11 to 1 during the day when the kids are in school, but uh, at other times, uh, maybe let the kids uh, splash and do cannonballs, etc. Um, also, having a, a space for seniors to actually be themselves, to be creative, perhaps uh, having volunteer opportunities, maybe uh, also having programs to help them with shopping or uh, safety at uh, crosswalks so that people with handicapped uh, uh, disabilities uh, are able to safely get around in the community. So I wanted to say something about that because uh, the community has a lot to do with supporting our independence uh, as we get older. The other is in terms of screening for prevention. We talked a little bit about that with uh, osteoporosis screening and hypertension. It turns out that uh, throughout life, uh, screening for different cancers and uh, medical conditions is important, but as we get older, it actually becomes less important so that uh, the necessity of colon cancer screens, breast cancer screens for the oldest old individuals is less important than quality of life. And so challenge your healthcare provider to help you maintain your uh, highest quality of life and maybe some things could be uh, let go. You don't have to have that colon screening test because I'm 85 and you know, I could have a stroke if you put me to sleep and do that test. <laughs> and what are you looking for anyway? <laughs> so so be smart uh, about the, those, um, those screening tests. As important as they are for some people, uh, it might be that priorities change uh, as you get older. And uh, maybe one final uh, word about other things. Make sure that those close to you know your wishes. If you are in a situation where you can't make health care decisions for yourself, have you appointed somebody officially to make those decisions and have you told them the way that you'd want to be treated if you weren't able to communicate that? That is so important, not only for you to make your own health care choices, but you also make it easier on your family because they'll know that they're doing what you would want. So we're talking about the appointment of a health care uh, attorney, uh, in other words, an individual who would make decisions for you uh, when you can't. Uh, often this is a family member. And we're talking about living wills where you tell um, your health care provider and your power of attorney what you would want, what you would not want under certain circumstances. 
And this can be an ongoing conversation. It's uh, something that uh, is hard for most individuals to think about, but so very important. Thank you. Sure. So this is our last question. It's going to be kind of fun, just a little bit, depending on how you look at it. Um, Because we're librarians and we love books here, is there a book that you love more than any other book, your favorite book, or is there one that you could recommend to our listeners? Yes, this is one that the Council on Aging of Greater Nashville has uh, put together. This is called Aging and Caring, Things Families Need to Know. It's uh, by the Council on Aging of Greater Nashville. Some of your listeners may uh, actually uh, uh, contact the Council on Aging, and they will probably send one out to you. Uh, This talks about how to support uh, the older person in your family when they need help. Um, What we find uh, is that the caregiver, that other family member, is so important in maintaining independence, uh, they need help themselves. They need to know the resources. They need to know what to expect. And uh, this has been one of the big eye-openers we have found in terms of uh, educating families and older individuals themselves about how to maximize their independence as they get older. So this is a help for the, uh, the caregiver. Aging and Caring, Things Families Need to Know by the Council on Aging of Greater Nashville. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate it. I hope that was helpful, and thank you for reaching out. Oh, it was very helpful, and we appreciate mm-hmm. you so much, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks for all you do. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thanks again for listening to our Universe of Stories. For more information about the Vanderbilt Center for Quality Aging, please visit www.vumc.org slash CQA. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. I realize I said gold years. I don't want to talk about it. You said golden age. Golden age. That was a time in history.